And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Tony Gizmondi. And I'm Casey Wilson. And Casey, as you know, time flies. I don't know if you didn't know, but we walked into these uh, B&M Bloomberg studios in downtown Vancouver. It's been four years uh, today. I know. Hard to believe. And we really want to thank all our team over the past four years, including our longtime past producer, Anissa Hetherington, our on-location yeah. producer, Mike Whittingham. Our director of social media, Sherry Caleb, and uh, we have a stellar new studio producer in Darren Regan. Darren, uh, we're going to get you on the mic. Thanks so much for being part of the show, and you've got some great news for us. Yes, uh, the show has just been added to Spotify, uh, which is available in over 170 countries, I think. So if you just search BC Food and Wine Radio, you will see the podcast there. You can subscribe and you get the uh, download to your phone every week. So uh, maybe if you've got friends overseas or something like that and they're into food or wine, um, spread the word, spread the love. Yeah, maybe we'll get some friends in Ireland. Yeah, that, well, I'm, I'm sending it to my family already. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and thanks to you, our amazing uh, weekly listeners who enjoy the show now. We playing, we're playing on 20 radio stations across the province. Now, on today's show, we're going to hear from uh, folks at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. In fact, uh, Jeff Hundermark will join us, the winemaker, and we'll catch up with Richard Penny. He's a food and beverage uh, director down at the Watermark Beach Resort, uh, where KC people are staying all winter now. We're going to find out about that and uh, about some nice uh, reduced rates for the holidays as well. Uh, and we're going to catch up with a new uh, guest on our show, Leandro Nacell. He's the head winemaker at Tinhorn Creek. He's from Argentina, Casey. He will join us later in the show to talk about his new role at Tinhorn Creek. And coming up next, you won't want to miss our interview with Dr. Ernst Lozen of Dr. Lozen Wines. Uh, Ernie, of course, has been coming back and forth to America for, oh, now over 20, 20 25 years uh, doing a project at uh, Arroyaca at St. Michelle and, of course, selling his fabulous wines. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. And I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Your wine collection is your pride joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offer collectors a safe and inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. Experts in the field with knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. 
Casual, modern dining. Exceptional Okanagan flavor. Introducing the most anticipated new eatery in the Valley. 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Asuyus. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to create an unforgettable dining experience for you. Utilizing fresh local ingredients. 15 Park Bistro's lakeside patio with its unmatched views of Lake Asuyus is now open. Indoor dining available as well. For reservations and more, including full takeout menu options, visit 15parkbistro.com. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, British Columbia from Kamloops to Revelstoke and all cities in between. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, and we're heading down to Washington State to catch up with our first guest, Dr. Ernie Lozen. He's the owner and winemaker of the Mosul German based winery, Dr. Luzen Wines. Ernie, how are you today? I'm very good. Uh, it's fantastic to catch up with you. I, I know you kind of have a love affair with the new world. You you make, uh, you make do a lot of work over here as well as in Germany. Uh, that's been going on for some time. Yes, we have this little joint venture together with uh, Chateau Saint-Michel up in Washington State. This is a joint venture where we do only Riesling. It's called Eroica Riesling. And this is going on now since 22 years. 99 we started it. It's quite a long time. And then that we have a whole winery down in Oregon. Yeah. And uh, and you still haven't made a wine in British Columbia. I'm wondering why you're not uh, looking at Riesling up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> now it's getting even more difficult to travel. You know, Possibly it would have been an option, but now you know how difficult it is now because of yeah. pandemic, you know, to get out at all, you know. Well, my, my co-host Casey Wilson is a big fan of Riesling. Of course, I am too. And I, I thought we'd start with the Mosul just because it's such a special place. Maybe you could you could explain a little bit why Mosul wines are just so damn interesting. Uh, well, you know, this is, a, this is a very old historic region. Um, it is historically basically the most northern growing wine region, you know, in Europe. Um, nowadays, with global warming, we have more northern growing wine regions as in England and well, I saw even vineyards in Sweden now, but historically, the Mosul was always the most northern growing wine region in this in this size. You know, we are it's about eight uh, twenty thousand acres, and the Mosul made its name uh, because growing Riesling. You know, I mean, I would say the the Riesling is the most famous German grape variety. Fifty percent of the world production of Riesling is grown in Germany, and Mosul makes it so special because we have a special soil. This is the slate soil. With nowhere else, we have so dense slate soil you now in Germany as in the Mosul. And that makes this, these, these reasonings giving so much finesse and delicateness and a, a nice raisiness and fruit, you know. I mean, it is all about the soil in this northern climate. And the yeah. soil is uh, red, brown, and gray, correct? 
the slate? Well, yes, it is basically the, it is old slate from the same time, Devonian time, 400 million years old. But the different color comes from oxidation. No? So that we have blue or gray slate. And if this blue and gray slate had been oxidized through heat because of volcanic activity, it turns into red. You know, And that the red slate is basically the oxidation of the iron in the blue slate. You know, But it is basically from the same time. But the red slate and the blue slate does give different aroma structure and a different taste to the wine. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that's interesting, I think, to people is how old these vines are because because of the slate and, and the steep slopes that there there's no phylloxera around. Yeah, because we are the only, you can say, the only area in this size, and this, I mean, in this size, uh, in Europe, which was never hit by phylloxera. So that is very, very unusual. So we, we don't have everything on their own route, but we have still something like 10 hectares, which is about 25 acres, which are all on their own route, pre-phylloxera, between 100 and even over 130-year-old vines. You know, that wow. is really, really rare. And that makes, <laughs> that makes them good wines. You can believe that. <laughs> yeah, no, I believe it. Uh, well, you mentioned Blue Slate. You have a wine in this market called the Blue Slate. Mm-hmm. What can you tell our listeners about this wine? The, the I guess this is the dry version that we're going to talk about. There are two yes. versions, though. Mm-hmm. We could we could do both. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, as I said, the Blue Slate soil slate is the most typical soil for the whole Mosul. It is this blue gray slate, you know, uh, from Devonian time, 400 million years old, which gives this very special, racy, minerally driven acidity to the wine. One of, you know, I mean, aromatic of white peach and apple, these kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, and that, you know, I mean, uh, also the Mosul, due to possibly global warming, we are also able now to make more um, the wines on the drier side or on the dry side. And especially here with this blue slate Riesling, this is a wine which we select only the fruit from our, what the French and Burgundy would call Premier Cru and Village Vineyards. We don't use the vineyard name for the Village Vineyards or for the Premier Cru Vineyards. It's, uh, you know, the German language is difficult to understand. And so we sure. concentrate only on vineyard sites if they're Grand Cru. All the vineyards, which are not Grand Cru rated, so Premier Cru or Village, we don't use the vineyard site anymore. We blend it together, but keep it in the same soil type and then make what we call an estate reasoning and call it only Dr. Lowe's reasoning, blue slate dry. And that is the wine which, which, you, which we're talking about. And this yeah. is also produced in a kind of an old-fashioned uh, way because my grandfather kept all his dry wines minimum one to two years in the barrel, in the big barrels, food barrels, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 liters, kept it in the barrel on the full yeast. He never wrecked them. And that gives a little bit more complexity, you know, the micro-oxidation through the staves, you know, and the, the, uh, that gives, integrates this higher acidity, what Riesling has, more into the complexity of the wine. And we do this one year with all our dry wines. They stay one year in the barrel on the full yeast without wrecking. And that makes really beautiful, complex wines, but but still shows the reasoning, this raciness and the finesse of Riesling, no? which makes these wines so beautiful to drink with with a wow. shellfish and fish, the grilled fish and shellfish. I love this wine with uh, uh, fresh oysters no, out of the half shell because the yeah. racy acidity, you spare the lemon. <laughs> Our guest is uh, Dr. Ernie Lawson. Ernie is... Uh... Uh, you're one of the most decorated guys in the world. Winery of the Year in 2012, Star Winemaker of Europe, uh, European Winery of the Year, Man of the Year at Decanter. Ernie, is, is there any award you haven't won? 
well, you know, well, we we try hard. <laughs> Ernie, why do people sometimes talk about diesel on the nose with Riesling? Well, this this diesel or petrol, this is this is a this can be can be not necessarily always be, but it can be a typical aroma structure for Riesling when with age, you know. Not not with young wines. Young Rieslings don't have it. And they usually get it only if the growing season is very short. It's shorter, so that means in a hot and warm climate, you know, where the growing season is very short with Riesling, then you have much more, then the wines uh, develop much more petrol with age, you know. As in the Mosul, I tell you, I had wines which are 20, 30 years old, but we have a very long growing season, up to 150 days, you know. Um, yeah. uh, there they don't develop it, you know. It is a typical thing which only Riesling develops. That's true, but it's not not necessary with every wine. But it can be a typical thing for Riesling, but only with age, never with young yeah. wine. I, I don't see it with young wines. Ernie, uh, you got a couple wines. We don't have much time left, but you got a couple wines mm-hmm. in the market that I want you to simplify for our listeners: uh, the fabulous Erziger Wurzgarten and the Erdner Trepkin. Uh, tell us about these. They're GG wines. We don't know what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Here we're talking about two very famous Grand Cru rated vineyards. Erziger Wurzgarten means it's the Wurzgarten is the vineyard name. Erzig is the village name. So it's basically the Spice Garden vineyard from the village of Erzig. And this is a very, I mean, very rare soil because, as I told you. Mosul is all slate, but only this village, only the village of Erzig, you know, has a completely different soil. Here we have red uh, volcanic soil, you know, weathered um, conglomerate of um, uh, volcanic soil. And that is the reason this vineyard is called Space Garden Vineyard, because this volcanic soil, as we have it here, you know, I'm here in Oregon, in the Dundee Hills, that is also this red volcanic soil, gives a certain mm-hmm. taste to the wine, and that's an, and with us, it, it, it turns into spicy and herbal aroma, and that's the reason the vineyard is called Würzgarten. And it says, Alte Reben, old vines on the label, here we have 120-year-old uncrafted wines, and we produce these wines, the oldest vineyards, we produce always in a dry style. And the dry style wines from a Grand Cru vineyard are called GG. That's a shortening of great growth or the German name Grosses Gewächs. You know? But, you know, the German names, I mean, uh, language yeah. doesn't sound very nice. So it is basically the, uh, the equivalent of great growth. So it's a Grand yeah. Cru vineyard, a dry wine from a Grand Cru vineyard. And this little logo tells you this vineyard on the label is a Grand Cru vineyard. And the wine is produced in the dry wine and dry style. The same winemaking, yeah. we leave it at least one year on the full yeast in the barrel before we bottle it. And it's a and wonderful, er- complex wine. Yeah, and the Erdner, very quickly. Well, well, this and the is Erdner about the, steps. the same. It is just yeah. the next village to Erzig. Here we have Red Slate, oxidized blue slate, Red Slate. This is also a vineyard by just 110 year old uncrafted wines. Here the wines are a little more racy. Um, the, the, I mean, especially with age, the red slate gives a beautiful cassis aroma, you know, black currant aroma to the wine, you know, after 10, 12 years, you know. So here we have yeah. more of these berry fruits, you know. Both wines are dry. Both wines are GG. And absolutely, I mean, I tell you, these wines you can put next to every Primicru or Cru Chablis or White Burgundy. They have the same complexity and you can drink it also with the same food you would use a white burgundy or chablis you know 
um, these wines have the complexity. I mean, absolutely. I even decant yeah. them for two, three hours before I start drinking them. You know, wow. they have a beautiful oh, wow. complexity. Ernie, do Ernie. you have? Before we let you go, do you have a favorite mm. pairing? Uh, yes, I have a favorite pairing. You know, and especially with our GGs. You know, I love these GGs. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's Erzig or Ernatzapch. You know, when when we have just talking about these two wines. But I love, you know, this kind of Mediterranean-style um, way how they grill the fish, you know. Yes. Just the fish, you know, with a little bit of oil, garlic, you know, parsley. You bash a little bit the fish, you know, and then you grill it on the fish, you know, the fish on the barbecue, take it off, then squeeze a little bit of lemon and salt over it. Wow, this wine is fantastic, you know, because the lemon and, and you know, and this nice reasoning acidity works so well with a simple Mediterranean grilled fish. Let's wow. have dinner in Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I bring the wine and you bring the fish. Sounds good. Okay, Ernie, thanks <laughs> okay. so much. Uh, for, thanks for joining us today on the show. Uh, we're all, uh, I, I'm so chuffed. I just want to go to Germany tomorrow and get in, into that Mosul. But uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for your we time. and in, uh, Yeah, good luck with the harvest. Thanks, thanks, yeah. Yeah, it was great meeting you guys again. Thank you. Okay. That was uh, Dr. Ernie Lucen from Dr. Lucen Wines. Uh, the last two wines, Erzsiger Wurzgarten and the Erdener Trapkin, both available in BC liquor stores. They are wines you can keep for the rest of your life uh, and enjoy them at any time. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Up next is Leandro Nosol. He's the head winemaker at Tinhorn Creek. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And this is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. You know you want it, so come and get it. The Modest Butcher invites you to happy hour every day from 2 to 4 p.m. On the menu, beers, cocktails, wine by the glass or half liter, and don't forget about the new appies. Also making a comeback, Tommy and Tannen Tuesday. Get their tremendously sized tomahawk steak with all the fixins and a bottle of their tomahawk-worthy vino for $180. For more details and to book, visit modestbutcher.com. Come and get it. Red Rooster Winery invites you to visit for a sensory journey from grape to glass. Take in the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their cozy estate on the Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Malbec, a beautiful red that's the perfect accompaniment while you take in the views. Seated tastings are offered seven days a week, 11 to 5 this fall. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. 
Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, British Columbia from Golden to Invermere, Summerland to Soyuz, Terrace to Trail, and all the cities in between. Uh, you're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, and today we're celebrating our fourth year anniversary at Bell Radio. And I think, what is it, Casey, 22? <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> started. Show? Yes, we started in uh, 1997. Wow. Well, that's more than that, I think. I'll have to I'll have to work on my math. Yes. Uh, hey, listen, our next guest is uh, new to the show. We're really excited to talk to him, uh, Leandro Nassal. He's the head winemaker at Tinhorn Creek. He's on the line now. Leandro, how are you? Good. How are you guys? We're uh, great. Well, we're really good. Uh, as I said earlier, we don't have a harvest to crush, but uh, it, it, here's, it sounds like you're almost finished. You're, you've got the stuff in the door. Yes, yes. Actually, we just finished yesterday, so we're very excited to have finished uh, Harvest 2021. So now all the fruit is in, inside in the cellar. And, uh, yeah, I always take this opportunity to thank everyone working in the vineyards because without the effort of their team, nothing of this would be possible. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure our listeners uh, detect an accent from you. Let's start uh, from the beginning about where you're from and how you ended up in the Okanagan. Yeah, that's a good question. So I'm from uh, Mendoza, Argentina, one country. That's where I, well, I got into wine. My family has been making wine for uh, three, four generations. So wow. since I was 16, I really, I knew that I wanted to, to work in the wine industry. I wasn't sure if in the vineyards or in the cellar, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And uh, after going to school and traveling around and working in different places, um, I work in California and I heard for the first time about the Okanagan Valley before I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. So... And then I ended up meeting a, a Canadian girl who became that, my wife. That always does yeah. it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then we had to come in agreement. It was like, okay, well, I moved to Canada, but I need to find a, a good place to make wine. Yes. So, uh, and that's how I, I landed in the Okanagan. I have worked in Niagara as well. But um, I feel like the Okanagan feels more like home. Like it's that yeah. desert, dry, hot yes. summer. Thank you. Uh, that made me feel like, yeah, that made me feel like I'm making wine at home, and that's for me, it's a luxury. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that. So Cedar Creek, stop at Cedar Creek, uh, work at Mission Hill as well, and then uh, you were the assistant to uh, uh, to Phil McGann at Checkmate uh, Artisanal Winery, not far from where you are. That that must have been a quite an experience to work with Phil. Yeah, it was a fantastic experience. I mean, for those who know Phil, they know how obsessed he's with details and uh, working yeah. very hard to make the best wines and for me it was a wonderful uh, learning experience so uh, I'm always very thankful for those years working with him. Did you learn to mumble a bit with Phil or because he's sometimes he's hard well, to Well you understand. can imagine English <laughs> <laughs> English being I my second imagine. language and Phil speaking that mumble Australian uh, it was interesting it was fun to <laughs> Okay well, the tougher question is yeah. Chardonnay and Merlot because I think, you know, you, you, you concentrated on that at Checkmate. And, of course, Chardonnay and Merlot are a big part of the Tinhorn lineup. What, what do you think about that? What, how will you approach those two varieties at Tinhorn, and will you, will you start messing around with them a bit? 
Well, definitely, definitely. When I when I come when I came here, obviously they asked me, well, what do you think about what works here in the valley? And my first answer was, well, Chardonnay and Merlot, <laughs> because after seeing what uh, we did at Checkmate, uh, I knew uh, the amazing wine that we can make with those two varieties. Chardonnay is a variety that is super plastic that you can make so many different kinds of wine. Like it's very hard to get bored making Chardonnay. Yeah. Uh, and Merlot, I think, will write perfectly. You can make very nice balance. Uh, wines with elegance that are high concentration but also have fruit and where our vineyards are uh, at the Golden Mile and the Black Sage they are the perfect size to grow those two varieties so also we have other plans to we want to increase our production of some of the reds like Cafranc and work yep. with some blends uh, but definitely Chardonnay uh, is one of the main varieties that we need to, to grow and obviously create new wines that we can offer to consumers to to broaden the experience of Chardonnay from the southern yeah. part of the Canaan Valley. Our guest is Leandro Nacelle. He's the head winemaker at Tinhorn Creek. And I'd love to know what you're going to do about rosé. Are you going to change the style at all? Well, yes. This year, that's one of the main changes that I, that I did. I didn't want to mess up too many things, but rosé, I thought, was a wine that we have room to play with. So traditionally, the rosé here has been more Cap-Franc-based. This year is going to be a blend of Syrah, Cafranc, uh, and Merlot. We're trying to go with a very light color, uh, dry or a little off dry. And I'm hoping next year we can incorporate some concrete just to give it another like touch wow. of more interest in, in the palette. Yeah, that, that uh, really but definitely, sounds good. Sorry, yeah, that really sounds yeah. good. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to, you know, you mentioned it. You grew up in Argentina, and, and you see similarities. One of the things that I always harp on about is, is that I find a, a savoriness and a similarity in South Okanagan reds that I get from high-altitude wines in, in Argentina. Do you feel that sort of connection as well? or? Yes, yes. And, and you think, well, Mendoza is like a very hot place, but as you say, when you go in high-altitude, our growing, our growing degree days, like the amount of heat that we get in the Andes is quite close to what we get here. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the season definitely is, is compressed as well because we get like a early frost uh, in the Andes as well. So definitely, and also we both need to irrigate our vines because it's so dry. That yeah. yeah, there's a lot of similarities. I totally uh- agree. You are following in the footsteps, of course, of uh, Sandra Oldfield over there, who did a lot of work on sustainability and uh, to uh, get the land back in order. What What are your plans along that uh, line? Are you Are you an organic guy, a sustainable guy, a biodynamic guy? What's your thoughts? Absolutely, I think organic is a is a must, not only for us. I think for the whole valley, for the whole industry. Uh, again, with the climate that we have, we don't have a big this is pressure, so with the culture, like doing organically, it shouldn't be that hard. And we have to be responsible. Like we all have kids or nephews or nieces, and, and we have to be responsible for the land that we're administrating. And if we love wine and we want to be wine around for, for a long time, uh, we need to, to look after land. So definitely going organically, uh, uh, organic wine making and with the culture is the next step. I don't know when exactly it's going to happen. But I'm hoping that soon. And I'm very curious about the Red Barn experience that you had when you were with Mission Hill. Yeah, that was a fantastic, a very interesting project that I had the opportunity to work with with Anthony Bombando. Uh, 
And the idea for the Red Barn was to make wines that were very distinctive, either from the winemaking point of view or from the varieties that we were using. So for the winemaking point of view, one of the first decisions was, okay, we won't use any oak. What sounds nice, but at the same time, it's very challenging. It's hard to make good wine sometimes without oak because the oak helped a lot yeah. <laughs> the wine. So that was, a, that was a, an interesting challenge, and I learned a lot. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a great experience, but I, I, I imagine there's no greater experience than having your mother as a winemaker uh, when you're younger. What, what, what do you think about your mom now and uh, maybe the work that your family did over the generations and how that's influenced you? Well, you know, it, it was my mom, and then I remember also, like, working in the vineyards with my grandma. I, I had to say I learned a lot from her. She she used to work a lot in the vineyards that belonged to her father. So for me, growing up with the wine, every day I would see my parents drinking it or, like, conversations or spend my weekends in the vineyards. Uh, it made me feel very connected to it. From the, it felt something that was part of my everyday life. I never so wine like something very far or like mm-hmm. high, out of reach. Um, and that's what I, I want wine to be for everyone. It's like a, something close to everyone that you can share with family and friends and can, you can generate new experiences. Uh, and that's what I like about Tin Horn. Like we offer not just the wine, we have the restaurant, we have the concerts in the summer. It's all about bringing people together. And sure. To me, that's very important. Well, Leandro, we are so delighted that you have uh, moved over to Tinhorn, and uh, we're excited to have a look at your wines as they roll out in the next year or so. And uh, wish you great luck. And it's so much fun to have an Argentine uh, in the mix uh, because there's so many Kiwis and Australians up there that it's nice to have a different viewpoint uh, sometimes. Yeah, definitely. It's good. Yeah, that's, that's something nice about the body that we have people from everywhere. So that's also <laughs> a plus. It sure well, you is. work. You're working with a crazy Australian, uh, looking after your vineyard. So, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, <laughs> it's really great to catch up, and uh, as soon as we can, we're going to get up there and try some of those wines with you. Sounds good. Thank you, Anthony and Casey, and congratulations on your anniversary. Thanks thank so you. much. That that was uh, Leandro Nosal. He's the head winemaker at Tinhorn Creek. And uh, thank you for listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, which is also available on your favorite podcast platform. Up next, Richard Penny, Food and Beverage, Watermark Beach Resort. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And you're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There are so many ways to experience the wines of Black Hills Estate Winery in Oliver, BC this season. Whether it's a weekend getaway to wine country or some early holiday planning, check out all of our new releases. Wine Club members can enjoy exclusive benefits, including VIP wine experiences and access to member-only wines like our rare Carmenere with delivery to your door with temperature-controlled shipping year-round. For details and to book a seated wine experience, visit BlackHillsWinery.com. Bold. Award-winning. Discover Gold. Our tasting room at Gold Hill Winery is open and ready to welcome everyone. Come explore our beautiful vineyard and reserve your unique and personal tasting of our exclusive small lot favorites. We can't wait to see you again and share our passion. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com.
Invest in one of the fastest growing real estate markets in Canada. Green Square Vert is a modern collection of condos and townhomes in the heart of Kelowna's vibrant lower mission. Offering thoughtfully designed one to four bedroom units starting as low as $399,000. Located just steps from Kelowna's best shopping, beaches, schools, and more. Rent your unit worry-free with access to top property management firms. For more info on Green Square Vert, visit greensquare.ca. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome back to the show. Our guest is uh, our next guest is Richard Penny. He's the food and beverage uh, director at our favorite place to stay in the South Okanagan, the Watermark Beach Resort. Richard, uh, how are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, it's fun to catch up with you. Uh, you've got a pretty interesting resume <laughs> for somebody who's been <laughs> in the business. You sound like you're like 25, but uh, you've been in the business for a while. Yes, yeah, about uh, 22 years now. Wow. Uh, yeah, I started so when I was 19 as a dishwasher and uh, just worked my way through it. Wow, and you've traveled across Canada three times as a working in Jasper, Alberta, and Vancouver. Now, so yes. Yeah, uh, I, I've been across country a few times. Uh, each time I go back home to Newfoundland, uh, I think I can only do a couple winters there, and then I, I miss being out west again. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I found my home now in a Soyuz. Uh, I absolutely love it here. Which is slightly bigger than Elliott's Cove, I, I hear, where you grew up. Yeah, it's a community of 100 people on an island of Newfoundland. Um, so we have a bridge that gets to the island, but we only have one road in our community. It's pretty small. We used to have a convenience store. Now we don't even have that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Well, it sort of sets you up for a place like Soyuz in some ways, a small community and, you know, very local. And uh, you Absolutely. guys have managed to, to sort of carve out a nice niche now with, with everybody in town. I think so. Uh, the rebranding of our restaurant that happened uh, this May, uh, i got to say the feedbacks have been incredible. The, the support we get from the local community, as well as the guests in the hotel, we, we are ecstatic of how well the summer actually went. And I love that you're keeping the lobster bar. We are. We are. So the menu change that's coming up in November, uh, some of our most popular items from the summer will stay. Uh, but we are going to be incorporating some more fall-winter type dishes uh, that really use some root vegetables, a lot of the squash family, things like that. Yeah, we're talking about 15 Park Bistro, which is uh, located uh, inside uh, the hotel at the Watermark Beach Resort. Uh, and uh, now the patio is closed for the season, is that correct? Or uh, It's closing October 31st. October uh, so 31st. Sunday, October 31st, and that will actually coincide with our, our last day of our uh, breakfast brunch. So our brunch is also ending on the 31st. Okay. But then you start prime rib Sundays. 
Yes, that will be starting a week after on November 7th. It was such a hit last year. Uh, we we had a meeting about a week ago, and we we thought, of course, we have to bring it back. Uh, I mean, guests were taking it home. They were doing takeout last year. Uh, I mean, there's still a possibility of those things being available, but we're we're really focusing on a really nice prime rib dinner on a Sunday night for, for our locals and our hotel guests. Have you yeah. put a price on that yet, Richard? Not yet. Uh, I think last year it was in the mid-30 range. Um, I can't be exactly sure right now, but I know Chef is working on it right now, and uh, I, we, that should be released within a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It was a great price. You couldn't find anything like that in... Vancouver. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, should, it was huge. Yeah. Should say to folks, once once the patio closes at the end of the month, so that that leaves you with what about thirty seats in the restaurant? Around thirty seats in the restaurant. So yeah. to anyone that's looking to come, I mean, we even with our patio open this summer, people were yeah. needing to book three, four, or five days in advance because our response has been so well. So yeah. I'd really stress to people that if you really are looking to join us on a night, uh, the earlier you book, the better. And you can do that on open table. Well, I can't wait to try a martini. Yeah, our new cocktail menu with the uh, our fall-winter cocktail menu. Uh, myself and our head bartender, Daniel Booth, created this. Um, we, we really have five to six martinis. We're kind of going a little heavy on martini this year as well as some cocktails that incorporate some maples, some cinnamons, nutmegs, uh, all those nice, heavy, heavier winter kind of features. Mm-hmm. Things have changed a lot uh, over the years, even since the, <clears throat> the watermark is open now, because the winter used to be no one was around and everybody left, but that's not the case anymore. What, what can you tell us about how the community is working together and, and uh, how many people are sticking around now <clears throat> and where are they staying and why are they there? Uh, we're getting. We do get a few few share of snowbirds. Last year was an, an amazing year for the amount we had, and of course that's due to the border being closed. Uh, but I think we built such a response last year with the snowbirds. I know I've already seen a few of them back this year, and in the next few weeks we're expecting quite a few more. Not only that, we've been really trying to put a focus on the local community. I mean, uh, our response with the group around Soyuz and Oliver, we're so thankful for the response we get. And we really want to make sure our restaurant's available to the locals just as much as it is for our guests. Yeah. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, and our guest is Richard Penny. He's the Food and Beverage Director at the Watermark Beach Resort. And, Richard, were you an actor? I was. So I actually have my degree in uh, ba- or degree in acting. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Uh, so my parents actually asked, asked me if I ever do much in acting. And in this this position, for especially when I was a server, I told them I get to act every single day. Uh, <laughs> I love putting on personal performances for our guests. And, and that's how I treat serving. It really is uh, a personal theater experience. And if you really tune yourself into serving, you can create such memorable experiences to people that, I mean, for myself, I love when I know I've impacted uh, one of my guests to a point of they, I'd be walking around town sometimes and guests would come up to me and they'd know my name and they'd come over and just thank me for the experience. And Mm -hmm. that really means a lot to me. I mean, there's nothing better than knowing that you just impacted someone's life. So it's the small things that go a long way. Uh, you talked a bit about the uh, the uh, martini program, 
But you guys are well known for uh, wine as well. What what can you tell us about the wine program throughout the winter? How will that look? So our wine list, there are going to be a few changes right now um, due to um, uh, wineries inventory running out due to the end of the season. So we do have a few changes, but with our wine list, myself, uh, one of our owners, Jim, and our sommelier, Ron Rochera, he we all collaborated in putting out uh, this wine menu we have. So our wine menu is about 80 to 85 percent family-run boutique wineries in the area. Uh, we really try to focus on a family focus, and the ones we are using, they're not actually cert- certified organic, but they do use all organic practices. They do about 7,000 cases a year or less, uh, so they really focus on quality. And i, I got to say, the customer relationship experience that we built with these wineries is, is just outstanding. Uh, besides that, on our wine list, we have about 10 to 15% of the bigger, well-known wineries, such as Black Hills Brewing Owl, whereas our smaller wineries, they're Barche, uh, Maverick, Cassini, uh, those type of wineries. But the bigger ones, they sell just in name recognition themselves. When our guests stay at the hotel and they do their wine tours, that's the ones they're going to go. So having a splash of that on our menu just lets our guests have a good experience at the wine tasting, come back and actually be part of, reimagine their wine experience again by re-going with those bottles. But you also Uh, have an international list. Yes, uh, so we have about 5% of our wine list is international. Uh, As we get a lot of international travelers, we felt it was a really nice touch to bring on, I think we have five bottles of red, five different bottles of red, five different bottles of white uh, that just give a little splash of international flavor, and it it just helps people compare. Uh, I mean, we definitely want to push the Okanagan experience, but for those that would like to try a little something different, uh, we're pretty pleased of the few bottles we added on. Uh, Richard, just before we let you go, so people might want inter- to know more about getting uh, booking a room at the Watermark. And uh, uh, just for my information, is it is it a little cheaper in the wintertime uh, to book a room than, than, say, high oh, season? Definitely. So, Yeah, our high season just ended um, just probably a few weeks ago. So the rooms are definitely a little bit or definitely cheaper than they were in the summer as that's our high season. So it's yeah. a great time. I mean, if you really want yeah, to come, totally. I mean, the Okanagan's still beautiful this time of year even though the vineyards and everything are starting to turn into that fall season. It's a great time because it's it is a little bit slower, but then you get to really experience uh Soyuz without the craziness of the, the yeah. amount of tourism we have here in the summer. Well, I have yeah. to tell you that when Tony and I stayed there, we set off a few alarms. In the, <laughs> I, I did some cooking, and, oh, my God, we had the fire alarms which, going. And which always sets off alarms when Wilson cooks. Exactly. But, uh, we had a great time. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, Richard. I'll be honest. I've been here two years, and the fire alarm has gone off three times. <laughs> it does yeah. happen. And they're does. all Wilson, too. And we did Listen, it three Richard. times in three days. Thanks. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, Richard, well, thanks so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure speaking us. with you. Uh, yeah. Thank you again for having me. It really was great. Yeah. Well, we love the we love the watermark. And uh, as as Richard says, you folks, uh, you can get a deal now. Go over there over the wintertime and uh, save some money. There's lots going on in the wineries. And, of course, District Wine Village uh, just down the road. A lot of things you can do. Uh, including skating now, I believe, is going to be on that menu. Thanks, Richard. See you next time. Richard, I want Thank my you. martini. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. I want my martini straight up. 
Absolutely. I'll have one ready for you anytime. There's still plenty more to come on the show. Up next, we speak with winemaker Jeff Hundermark of Mount Bushery Estate Winery and Rust Wine Co. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And this is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Whether it's in the tasting room or outside on the spacious rooftop patio with a gorgeous view of Okanagan Lake, the Therapy Vineyard tasting experience is one of a kind. The tasting room is open daily, reservations required for groups of six or more. Need a little long-distance therapy? Sign up for their fully customizable wine club with 15% off therapy wine, 20% off select rates at the inn, discounted shipping, and more. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Experience award-winning wines and a pastoral view of the Oliver Valley from the covered patio at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 to 6. Why not book a black glass blind tasting to test your taste buds? For exclusive VIP experiences, join the Crush Club. Membership includes regular wine shipments, 15% off purchases, early access to new releases, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge. Don't forget, Miradoro Restaurant is also open daily for indoor and outdoor dining. Visit tinhorn.com. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Thanks for joining us each week on the show. We've got a special shout-out today to our listeners on CFAX 1070 in Victoria and, of course, on AM 1150 in Kelowna, not far away from our next guest, who's Jeff Hundermark. He's the director of winemaking at Bount. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and Rust Wine Co. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing very well, Tony. Thanks very much. And, uh, and I just want to say before we start is that this winery has uh, the sense of humor with you dudes up there is unbelievable. <laughs> it's a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know a bit about those. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, have you got your feet up in the air, Jeff, or what? You're just laying back in a big lazy chair now? Oh, yeah. The moment harvest started, I just put my feet up and I'm all good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, we're, we're all, uh, we're all in now. So all the grapes are off the vine. We're, uh, we, we are in full on pressing and, uh, uh, fermentation mode right now. It's, uh, it's a lot of excitement going on, but just not on the crush pad. Yeah, more more science at the moment, I guess, with these ferments and exactly, yeah, especially this year, it's it's interesting. 
Yeah. Well, you mentioned that. I mean, you guys have vineyard sites up and down the valley, uh, and including in the Similkamine. So, so there must be you must see big differences between fruit coming in and things going on across the entire uh, you know wine country. Oh yeah, for sure. Like this year has been a real crazy one, just simply because the some of the science doesn't make sense. You know, we're getting uh, we're getting grape varieties that are you know really high bricks uh, sugar content, and uh, but also coming in with really uh, high acid and really low uh, pH, and it just it doesn't uh, doesn't comprehend with my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's funny the the different uh, different regions they you know we're sort of getting different results. Um, the similkamine has probably been the most, um, I would say, the most uh, normal kind of harvest for us. And then the uh, uh, the Okanagan Falls property and up here at the, the home property at, uh, at Mount Boucher has just been kind of really silly with the numbers we're getting. But uh, the wines are really tasting nice. The, the smells in the, in the cellar are just incredible right now. Yeah. And the yields, we hear yeah. there's varying yields everywhere. Yeah, it's it's. It's kind of a, a copy, carbon copy of, of uh, 2020 with uh, with yields. We, you know, we're seeing uh, in some some blocks, some grape varieties that, uh, you know, that were kind of affected by that heat dome in in June, July. Uh, sure. Some of their their uh, uh, yields are coming in fairly low, and that's uh, it's a little bit um, uh, a little bit challenging for us, I guess. We're, we're uh, seeing results, you know, even 30%, uh, 30% down in some varieties, uh, some wow. as high as, as 40% down. It's, uh, you know, across the board, it's, I would say, we're, the berries were small. You know, you, you hear the typical, uh, it's going to be a really low yield, but uh, the, wine, the wine should be really delicious. Uh, the accountants are going to hate us, but uh, oh yeah. well. What can you do? <laughs> Our guest is Jeff Hundermark. He's the director of winemaking at Mount Boucherie and uh, rust wines uh i caught up with you a couple weeks ago you were you were actually uh crushing some gamay grapes i don't know if crushing is the right word but you're performing carbonic uh fermentations with these these grapes the way that they do can i say the way that they do in beaujolais or yeah absolutely yes i mean especially in uh you know with the gamay example uh we we do a a full carbonic uh, maceration on that so Basically, yeah. the grapes are coming in into the uh, the crush pad. Instead of uh, uh, crushing them, instead of um, you know destemming them and crushing them, we're putting them st- uh, directly into tank and uh, just letting the the um, uh, fermentation take place intercellular. So it, it happens inside the grape as opposed to you know an, uh, an outside the grape. And yeah. then just with the sheer weight of, weight of the grapes on top of each other, they burst and and um, the wild yeast that are that are growing, or the yeah, the wild yeast that are growing on the skins of the of the grapes take over, and they they perform the rest of the fermentation. But the grapes, the uh, sorry, the wine that's produced from that is really, really kind of really bright fruit and strawberries, and and uh, almost uh, sometimes has a bit of a, a candy bubble gum or or something like yeah. that character to it. Yeah, so we do a lot juicy. of that with Gamay. Yeah, yeah, it's super juicy, and then uh, we we actually do. With virtually all of our red varieties, we'll do a small uh, batch of that uh, process with every single grape variety, and then that becomes uh-huh. part of the part of the blend. It's part of our recipe, I guess. Um, right. When it comes to you know the merlots and the syrahs and that sort of thing, we'll do a little bit of carbonic on them as well. Yeah, so that freshens up the the blend a little bit, I guess. Or it does, yes. And, you know, in a year like this, where 
you know, we've had, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. There's been smoke issues in the, in the valley, and we're trying to get as little skin contact as possible with, uh, with our grape varieties. Doing carbonic maceration actually has is, is helped quite a bit because you're not dealing with the outside of the skins per se. You're, it's more yeah. contact with the, with the interior it's of the a... grape. Um, yeah, and then we're doing a lot of, uh, you know, direct-to-press uh, juice pressing with red grape varieties and blending those in with uh, with uh, skins just to you know to to get more fresh fruit as opposed to le- uh, more kind of smoke content uh, fruit. And Jeff, yeah. congratulations on the Platinum Awards. I think the 2020 Old Vine Semillon and the 2018 Mount Bushery Reserve Syrah. Yeah, we are so psyched about that. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I think we've won platinum before at Mount Bushri. Uh, you know, we've you know we've been decorated a couple of times with some golds and that sort of thing, and, and been really happy about those. But a platinum is is wow. You know, it's something that's really uh, made the everybody in the team really really excited, and it kind of really helps. Uh, you know, obviously it helps with sales, but um, it really helps with the team morale, and everybody wants sure. to, now everybody wants to you know, do everything to perfection because they get a little taste of that uh, glory, we'll say. And, yep. uh, you know, it really is a, it's a, it's a great thing for the team. I, I just absolutely love it. It's good for the wine club too. Cause I think you have to join it if you want to get those wines. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like the Semio is, is one um, great variety that, you know, we, we for years had difficulties selling the, the that grape variety, that wine, yeah. uh, you know, it had a bit a of a cult wine. following, but it's, it's, yep. it's, just taken off now and and we've sold so much since that uh, announcement was made that um, yeah. we've now had to stop the sale of it in the wine shop and just keep it strictly for the uh, for the wine club because we have a big release going out in the next couple of weeks and you know we we've got to make sure that we we get all the wine club that we currently have plus all the wine club that uh, you know people are going to join up when they find out it's only available to the wine club Sure. So that one for sure has been a, a, a real tight one. The Syrah is oh. a little, uh, it's tight as well. Um, the 18 Syrah, uh, it's it's down to, I don't know, maybe 50 cases left of that. And it's, um, yeah, it's flying off the shelves for sure. Yeah. Well, Jeff, before we let you go, uh, of course, we've talked Ooh. a lot about, uh, about the restaurant at Mount Boucherie. Uh, but you have some interesting accommodations now. You've got three different uh, configured uh, condos right yeah. up above the winery. People are partying yeah. at Mount Boucherie. <laughs> Don't tell everybody. Do um, they hey, ever yeah, invite you? <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been to a couple, uh, we'll say, after-hours events, and I've been to a couple yeah. of uh, sanctioned events. Um, there's three different <laughs> guest, guest houses there and they're all really unique. I know you guys stayed, uh, I think you stayed in, in the Contessa yeah, maybe. We did. Yeah, uh, we beautiful. Yeah. And they're, they're just gorgeous. Like they are perfect opportunities for, for a company to come and do a, like a retreat or a getaway, uh, hold meetings, that sort of thing. Like three different guest houses that have, um, occupancies of one of them holds 16, has 16, um, uh, places for people to sleep so uh, there's seven bedrooms six bathrooms uh, another one has six ba- uh, bedrooms and six baths and the other one the summit which is our 
you know, our, our big house, and that has um, has less beds, four beds, but um, it has a karaoke room in there. It has a, a golf simulator in the garage. It's, yeah. it's just decked out in this beautiful wine cellar in, in there. It's just absolutely uh, incredible. Jeff, thanks so much for today. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, but uh, fun to catch up with you, talk about a couple of those award-winning wines, and, of course, uh, how the harvest went. Do, when, when do you go to Hawaii, next week or <laughs> no Hawaii <laughs> this year. I think I might actually head back east this year. Yeah. Okay. That sounds. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much like for uh, for calling. I really I really love talking with you guys. It's uh, yeah. fun and it's really uh, nice to be able to talk about these these uh, awards and and uh, it's pretty proud for us. So. Yeah. Thank you. Good for you. Thanks Thank so you. much. Yeah. That was Jeff Hundermark. He's at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and Rust Wine Co. And that's it for today's show, uh, Casey. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I know who you are. <laughs> I'm Casey Wilson. And you've been listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. BC Food & Wine Radio is a TKS West production.